Pete, I have an incredibly important question for you right out of the podcast gate. I have girded my loins. Have you? Yeah, they, they're the nice and girded? Okay. Super girded. Do you remember the book or the movie, The Girl on the Train? Yeah, I do. Both. You do. I remember everything. Uh, it was one of those 19,000 movies where a woman is on or in something and they think they see something yeah. shady, but they're drunk or agoraphobic or unreliable totally. or whatever. Yes. Or just a woman. I remember and they're all one Amy thing. Adams, right? Like all of the, that was the big twist. It was all Amy With Adams. With a little bit of Emily Blunt yeah. being like, what about me? And Amy was like, shove it. I'm the girl on Back the train. On the you're train. the train. Gr- yeah. yeah. You're in You're the coach. girl that didn't get the audition. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I remember one thing about Train Girl in particular, yeah. and I remember reading it and being like, that can't be a thing. She would ride the rails every day, and she would get drunk on something in particular. Do you remember from the book? It changed in the movie. Do you remember what it was in the book? No, I don't. I don't. Canned gin and tonics. <laughs> Canned gin and tonics. And I'd never I heard of such a thing. I remember like, that now. Now you remember. Because yeah. it's, like it's, it's like the second main yeah. character. Yeah, that's it's absolutely right. It's the girl right. on the train and her can. train juice. Yeah. So many. So many. And I had never, I just, I originally thought I was like, well, that's lazy writing because that's not how cocktails work. And that's just, you know, like this person had never seen something. Well, guess what? Twist number one. (laughs) Apparently there's going to be twists in this because it's like the girl in the train. Twist number one. Apparently you can have canned cocktails because they are popping up everywhere. Oh my God. Just yesterday I woke up in a liquor store and I saw there were strawberry margaritas, peach margaritas, sex on the beach. Moscow Mules, and something called a homeschool blood orange Manhattan. <laughs> and they're all in cans. Have you noticed that they are just shoving? It, and this gives me anxiety. I just want to explain why I'm talking about this, because I don't think the cocktails are something that should be made like more convenient. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't think in America we should have Manhattans for on the go. Yeah, right. <laughs> that should yeah. be a bar mixing experience. <laughs> And then I was about to ask you, do you ever have anxiety or have you noticed this? And then as if I needed another sign that you and I are joined at the podcast hip yesterday, twist number two, you sent me a picture and a text. Would you please describe what you said to me? I love this so much because I feel like there was like a double layer reveal of of this particular text because what I ended up sending was a picture of a bag. It looks like one of those like, sippy bags of juice like a gogurt kind mm-hmm. of a thing with a lid you take off on the top but it's definitely a bag and it's uh, and it it's called vodka rita in a bag <laughs> vodka rita in a bag and so it's a margarita with vodka in a bag no it's not a thing and you you wrote back missing the key point which I'll reveal momentarily you wrote back saying can you add more vodka instead of water and I thought, oh, that's quaint, Tom. You missed the, the the point about what makes me nervous about this thing existing. It's that the vodka, indeed everything in the bag, is powdered. I skipped. I, well, I didn't skip over that. I embraced that, and then my mind immediately jettisoned <laughs> that from my head. Because I didn't know that we can powder vodka. What? So we're powdering liquor now. You were powdering because, liquor. Yeah. It's and like, so you just add what, water to it and it's be Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the dipping dots of getting drunk. <laughs> you do. And this is what it this is what it says. It's by uh the vodka rita by Lieutenant Blenders is the world's first. Oh, thank you for your this service, Lieutenant a, Blenders. <laughs> this is a powder-based product in a bag. All you do is add water and shake, and you have an instant margarita in a bag to take to the beach on the boat 
or in the pool. The possibilities are endless. Now, these are, are offered by ATX Wholesale Liquors out of Galveston and Beaumont, Texas, as far as I know. I don't know where to buy them. The picture I sent you, I did not take. We have a we have a friend who is a is a food photographer and has been hired to to photograph these sexily in, I guess, a camping environment for their product photography. So it is a brand new product. And so she, sexy, a vodka margarita. Not a thing. Yeah. Not a thing. A vodka margarita in a bag, a powdered vodka margarita. I can't wait to get my hands on these things. I am so curious. No, with that face. I mean, I, I don't can't know. Imagine. Yeah, right. I don't know what to expect, but it is but so bonkers. Everywhere. I mean, this powder takes it up a yes. notch, but yeah. just this general can, it seems like every single can. I thought, I guess if I think about it, why wouldn't it work? But when I looked away and then I looked back and everyone was drinking hard seltzer and apparently <laughs> like old fashions that come in, in like a, a sippy can. cup. It's so weird. I have a much easier no... time with seltzer in a can than I do sure. with mixed cocktails in a can. That's where I, yeah. the line must be drawn somewhere. And I think it's at mixed cocktails, like mixed drinks. I can't imagine it's going to be, they can be good. Because you've got to shove too much stuff in there. It reminds me of saucy sauces. This like is what it is. What we have found, Tom, do you realize what we found? What we've been looking for all along was staring us in the face. It was this year's answer to the saucy sauce revolution, which is what I have come to call the drinky drink which is drinks that come in cans or bags that should not be, have been released in cans or bags. That's going to be our taste We're test? We're going to have to taste test all of these. <laughs> oh, no. Don't you oh, think? No. This is the new, this is the drinky drink. The 2021 post-COVID, yeah. like, drinky drink. But uh, but it is, because after the saucy, because we just released the saucy sauces yeah. as a member bonus, yeah. right? Yeah. Or this we're is about a to. Happy, one of the yeah. happy accident that this came out. It was just a couple weeks ago now as we record so, this. And so we're going to be doing this like the Saucy Sauce was as a member bonus. That's why we released the Saucy Sauce, which was behind the paywall, <laughs> because we wanted you to see what you're missing. Yeah. It is funny, though, because after the Saucy Sauce taste test, while I felt morally unclean, I was able to walk outside. <laughs> after this drinky drink, I'm going, I think we're going to make a day on it. <laughs> We're going to be mi- like the one thing you don't do is mix a bunch of different alcohols. Oh, yeah. And the other thing you don't is drink al- uh, cocktails from cans. Just and wait, we're just saying because nope. I'm getting the vodka Rita powder in a bag and I'm going to straight up like licamade this stuff. Like I'm going to get <laughs> I'm going to get wet sticks and just start dipping. I'm going to get an 80s credit card and a mirror and just do rails of Manhattans off my desk. <laughs> Sort of like less than zero, but even more desperate. <laughs> Flashback to the day that you went away. You said to see your family. But I ran into you yesterday and you never saw it coming, baby. I knew you knew what I thought. Or did you leave or not? You said that you meant to, but you forgot and I never saw it coming. Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz Third. And every week we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out! Send us a story of your anxieties. Uh, you just visit whatsthatsmell.net and there's a big button and it says, hey, submit my anxiety. Share it. Share it with the team. 
I don't think it says that, but it's something like that. Mm, and uh, there's a little form, and it pops up, and you can send us your anxiety, and we'll talk about it on the show, and we'll laugh about it, learn about it, love it, and uh, share it. And it'll be uh, super fun. I should stop talking. <laughs> Why don't I go ahead and start? <laughs> the patented Mets dribble <laughs> to an end. <laughs> I'm bringing a real, like, just released on parole vibe today, I feel like. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's a strange, strange kind of exuberance. I'm not used to it. Tom, um, I think what it is, is that I am, uh, (laughs) I'm going Uh through some grief this week. Oh. It's crazy, right? What happened? Well, we talked a little bit about it, uh, I think, in the past, which was, you know, this whole... I have an adult child now. Yes, Sophia. Don't have them. Adult don't children. have children. D- adult children. Oh. Just don't. Oh, don't, don't have, adult have children. them. Don't let them become adults. God. Because this is. I mean, we've been through. It's a. It's been a long time. Like nineteen years. We've and we've had some great times, and we've had some really rough times, and we've gotten through it as a family, and it's amazing, and it's all great. Uh, and you, you are the result of your experiences, but I'm telling you, uh, this has been the single hardest thing I have ever done as a family is watching my adult child move out of my house because of a court order. Oh my God. (laughs) No, because of college. Sorry. I would think that that might be a little harder. It's really deceiving. And I know this is, this is like, um, it's a hard conversation to have because, you know, I come from a place of like, it's a place of great privilege to have the ability to send our child off to college. And I recognize sure. that and I never want to kind of lose sight of that. Uh, and we, I really, there is no court order and I haven't lost my child due to some incredible, like horrible reason. Right. I mean, this right. is really like they're going off and flourishing and thriving. And right. that's an amazing thing. But Tom, it's so hard. Uh, I never, I, I can I never only got imagine. It. I never, yeah. I mean, it hit me like a Mack truck when the, the day she left. Was there a, do you want to walk through that? Is there a certain time that was surprising that it all came down? Was yeah. it a slow <laughs> reveal? I have, to start, all... I have to start by talking about uh, her bedroom. Oh. Which is rough. It's rough skating bedroom you know i've talked to you about i've talked to you about her behavior in the past she's kind of an outdoorsy person right she runs she she runs camps like hunger games camps right you know she's 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 katniss in the woods and uh well let me work backwards the last story that i have the most recent story she had taken with her to college not one but two like four and a half five inch like outdoor knives like what big big (laughs) knives Jeez, that is it. We're outdoorsy. Yeah. And so she she calls me. And she's like, I got it. I lost my knives today. I'm like, why did you lose your knives? She said, well, I was outside. I was outside sitting under the tree carving. And I said, carving? Yeah, with 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 my knives. And I said, that's awesome. And she said, and then I heard this voice from behind me. And it said, excuse me, miss. Do you know you're on audio and video surveillance right now? She she says I looked around. I was like, what? Like in this tree right here? He says, no, on my body cam. It was a police officer. Oh, got it. Yes, and he they both shared, I guess, a little laugh about that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? He says, you that know, was a great 
joke. Yeah. We can't allow what a jape. <laughs> we can't allow those knives on campus. Yeah. You have to lock those up. And she says, I have to lock up my knife. They're just little. He said, those are five inch blades on those knives. They're giant knives. And what is it that you're carving there? And she says, oh, another knife. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. A four foot long wood katana. What's a wait? That's a, a Japanese sword, sword Tom. <laughs> she All literally right. was making another knife. What is she preparing for? <laughs> she makes these amazing decorative, like wood really? swords and blades. She has another one that's about two and a half feet long. That's a it's a wooden like mini katana style kind of dagger. I don't know what they. She knows what oh, they're wow. all called, and she crafts them out of hand, and they're perfectly balanced. Right on the hilt, you put them on your finger, and they're balanced perfectly, <sighs> yeah, like Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, right, just like Kill Bill. And so it's incredibly impressive, but she was actually, she was forced to lock up her, uh, her knives. Oh. So the, 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 the cop says, Hey, uh, you need to go to the security office and tell them. And the security office is, is right down at the end of this path and it's in the greenhouse. And so she, she missed that it was a greenhouse and spent like four hours wandering around campus looking for the security greenhouse. Oh, no. <laughs> holding knives. <laughs> Which does not exist, but holding right. two giant knives that were now contraband. So that was the most recent story. Now, that's it. I mean, right. that's just kind of what she, she's, she's an amazing individual. And uh, so it starts going back to our bedroom. It's full of the debris that stems from projects like carving a four-foot oh, katana. Like, her room okay. was a disaster for all of her amazing qualities and talents. Keeping a a, a room is not one of them. She's <laughs> she, j- Wood chips, it, plastic yes, chips, metal yeah. shavings. Oh, Tom, Tom, Tom. Oh, Pete, Pete. She collects old pet hair and lint oh. from dryers and keeps it in bags because that is what you use to like start fires in rains like in, in rain like she could she uses oh, that's actually kind of cool that started so cool. as horrifying yeah. and then that actually became cool. yeah because okay. she knows things that i don't know and she has experienced things in the out of doors that i have never experienced it's really very impressive and wow. the result is her room is the base of operations for all of the mess left behind those explorations. <laughs> so much evidence of a crime that was of never a crime committed. That was never committed. So I go, uh, so they they pulled out of the driveway. We packed up the car, everything she has, and, and they left. And uh, at like, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And so my son, Nick, and I were, were wandering aimlessly around the house. You know, we were kind of weepy, but we got, we got through it. We said our goodbyes and we were feeling okay. He sat down to play some Fortnite because that's his universal emotional salve uh, is Fortnite. <laughs> and I, I don't even remember what I was doing, but I got this phone or this text from them on the road. And, uh, and that's the other part. I couldn't go because of like COVID stuff, right? So it was just very limited. You have a limited window, limited number of people who can support you, that kind of a thing when you're moving into I campus. See. So when you're showing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, so they call and say, I think I left my sweatshirt. Can you go into my room and, and see if it's in there? And so I walked up the stairs in the room and I saw the disaster that had befallen the place and yeah. the stuff on the floor and the desk and everything. And I found the sweatshirt. And I think I blacked out because the next thing I know, I'm like oh. curled up in the fetal position, oh, crying no. on the bed, like thinking, my God, what has happened? Like there is a um, like there is a her shaped hole 
in my life now because we have I, like I think with each of my kids, I have this really like I, I love the relationship I have with each of my kids. It's yeah. very different. We have different right. sense of humors, different interests, different everything, and. Uh, so all at once, I was like, I am, I have lost this one in my everyday life. And the other one that I have here, who's now playing Fortnite, I'm going to lose in a couple of years. And the weight of that emotional experience was so crushing. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I, it was overwhelming, overwhelming and immediate grief. And then apparently to get over that grief, I started to clean. Oh, okay. So, so you want to dive in. So hard. I felt like, I think I felt like because my, my wife had left and had that job that I didn't have enough of a job. Like I didn't know what to do to be involved in this process, to be involved in kind of her stuff. And I thought, well, then yeah. clearly what I need to do is clean her stuff here, even though and no one will ever see it. Like she's gone. I mean, she'll eventually see it, but yeah. First, well, first question was the sweatshirt completely made of pine needles. Second question, uh, were, were you cleaning to stay busy or was that like a way of connecting with her and the experience, but in a way that was getting your body moving yeah. so you're not just sitting and marinating all, all in of, sadness and anxiety? All of that. All of that. All, all of those that, things. All of that. Because like I okay. needed to be in contact with that experience. I needed to like be able to kind of like touch that stuff and clean and throw away and change the sheets and like do oh. all of that. And to just sort of like not sit still and not think because for like a week wandering, like from room to room, you'd see something that, you know, was a part of, of her. And it's like, Oh my God, like, yeah. and, and it all comes rushing back in, in the form of, you know, did I do everything I could do? to prepare her to not live here anymore. Oh, right. Oh, great. Yeah. So there's so, also that. Yeah. Of oh course. Oh, my God. Does she actually know how to use an ATM? I don't know if she knows how to use an ATM. I didn't teach yeah. her how to use an ATM. How would she have learned that on her own if I didn't do it? If I didn't do that, then she doesn't know. And now she's going off and she doesn't know where the ATMs are. <laughs> like, the spiral As they're driving the away, you're like, things. oh, wait, I didn't tell her about yeah. knives. <laughs> yeah. That's all. <laughs> Knives are scary for some people. Oh, well, she'll figure it out. Yeah, Yeah. it's so, it is, it it is just a a constant. That's anxiety. Unraveling of the anticipatory, like, I'm going to get a call one day because of some crisis that she's in because of something I failed to teach or do. And that is the the sort of other shoe that, that I'm constantly waiting to drop is that sort of uncertainty. And it was, my goodness, uh, debilitating. When exactly was that? Was that a week ago? So it was now, yeah, I mean, as we record I guess what I'm really asking is, how are you now? And how did it, does it just lessen exponentially or does it lessen? Yeah, I've been totally fine. And we've been talking to her and FaceTiming every other day or so. And we text and every, we have this, we played this game of, uh, uh, what's the game where you, you get, is it Balderdash where you get words and you have to take turns? Like everybody writes a definition Uh for that word that isn't the right word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So we played that game for the longest time and we. fictionary. Yeah, something like that. And the word that came up, for us was sniggle, right? The oh. word was sniggle. And the it is, uh, do you know what it means by chance? What was, oh, sniglet. 
Mm. Do you remember that old routine about Sniglets that Rich Hall, comedian Rich Hall would do? He would make up words. Doesn't matter. No, I don't know what a Snigler is. <laughs> I just Good totally story, dated myself. No, a Snigler, yeah. it's, it is, uh, it's, it's like fishing for eels by pushing a baited hook into holes in which they are hiding. That is, that is the actual verb. Sniggle, to sniggle, to fish for eels by pushing a bait hook. So somebody said in in the game that we were playing, and it was the family plus some other people, and somebody's definition, the one that won, was um, like a a formal, uh, archaic way of wishing one another good night, like at the end of the day. Sniggle. That's funny. Sniggle. Oh, that's kind of like snuggle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we all remembered it. So every night at our house, the tradition is to yell throughout the rooms instead of, you know, good night, John boy. It's like, sniggle, everybody, sniggle. And that means we're done for the day. And we say sniggle. And so now we have this constant text thread, which is basically basically just around 10 o'clock every night. It's just sniggle, sniggle, sniggle from everybody in the family. Okay. So does that help? We do that. Like, it's that. Yeah, absolutely. It it really does. Um, And then... I'll be sitting here thinking about like preparing for this show, for example, and something will strike me like some bit of language in my head or something I write down. And it's just like this overwhelming sense of loss. And it it is immediate and uh, completely unpredictable, completely unpredictable. You're a haunted house. Yeah. 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 That's what it feels like. It is so strange. So I don't, I honestly don't have any, uh, guidance uh, uh, for anybody on it because I'm living <laughs> right in the middle of it. But but right. everything that other people have told me is uh, that you know I'm I'm doing the right thing by just sort of leaning in on, on and sitting in the emotion of it and like being present with it and being Got open it. and talking about it with the rest of the family who is also dealing with it. Um, because then you're sort of working your way through it yeah. or alongside it instead of just pushing it. Forward. Yeah. Instead of just ignoring okay. it. And, yeah. and, you know, I think we're kind of learning how to, how to be present with it and how to feel it, but it is incredibly difficult. And, and, you know, what, what comes up is, are the most horrible things, right? Like the, oh. um, like you start, I start telling myself these stories of like, oh, well, you know, she just went to college. Like, I'm going to see her at Thanksgiving for a, a two days and then at Christmas for like four weeks. And then I remember, you know, my own experience, which is after my sophomore year, because she did, like, we were really, I, I now realize how blessed we were, mm. you know, completely selfishly that COVID canceled her freshman year in-person learning. So she did her freshman year in college from her bedroom oh, upstairs. Right. She's going as a sophomore. She's going That's as right. a sophomore. And so I... um and so I had Borrowed that. As, time. Yeah, I had that as a as a real blessing. And now she's, you know, she's there. But I think back to my own experience and I stopped coming home after my after I went away for sophomore year. Right. I got a job on campus and I lived on campus through all summers. Right. I just sure. stopped coming home for extended times. And then I graduated and then I moved to Asia. Like, oh, so I, you can't get like uh, right. like that. When I, because I've always been okay, like through the first, you know, 19 years of their lives, of my kids' lives, I've always been okay marking the parallel to my own. Yes, uh, yes, they're belligerent and hard right now, but I was also belligerent and hard at, at this age. Yes, they've gone off to college, but they'll come back for summers and vacations, and then that's it totally breaks, because they don't, because I didn't, because who knows what's out there. The whole world is out there for them to explore, and I'm still here. Yeah, And it's hard not to feel sort of selfish, and, and mm. that's part of that, that grief, because all I want, all I want is for both of my kids 
to thrive when they leave here. Right. And uh, it's a push pull. It is so hard to make that a reality in my head. Hmm. It's it's crushing. I've never done anything like it. Have you, how is your, well, how is Nicholas handling it? Does he enjoy at all having more of the house to himself or is he just, what, I've never had a sibling, so I don't know what that's like. Well, they were, uh, they were at a, I, I think they were at a kind of challenging place and they both recognize it because like, you know, for the longest time they were really right together kind of emotionally and they, they got each oh, other. Now they're sort of elbowing yeah, each other. Yeah, they kind a of bit. are elbowing yeah. each other, you know, and, and he, I think, and I know he'll listen to this. Hey, buddy. Uh, I think he really looks up to his sister and mm. wants to like be a part of the things that that she was doing, and has become quite a swimmer himself as a result of like watching her be a swimmer. And it's really become his thing, not just the thing that he did because she was doing it. You know, and yeah. it's nice to see those things. But by the end, our house was getting very small for the two of them. Okay. Like it was like, sure. stop making that noise. Close your mouth when you chew. Stop making, stop doing that thing you're <laughs> yeah. doing right there. Are you picking yeah. your nose again? That like it's just like the things that bother e- that bother each other, right? And so they're really poking each other. So like his the the latest is God. I you know he'll come in like I just really I hope she still wants to talk to me. <gasps> Which of course she does, but you know right. transitions and relationships are hard, and she's got to explore this. The, the thing that that we have in our she's got three incredible roommates and they're all very much of the same spirit. And they're right, all, she's in a suite. Yeah, she's got, she's, you know, they're, yeah, she's in a suite. So, uh, they're, they've connected really well. And, and I think they're, I think they're very kind to one another and I hope for the best, but that is, that's the thing that has been weighing so much. So that's, a, I, I don't know how much of it, it's a personal anxiety, but this, but it is that anxiety and grief and all of this that has been weighing so heavily on me the last, you know, Two weeks as we record this that uh man yeah i can only imagine it's been a real onion every day of just emotional surprise are you able to be bolstered or uh mitigate that with being proud of her like you already talked about like it is at the basis of this is an incredibly privileged wonderful experience of being able to go to college being covid calming down enough to have her go live this life in person does that give you any comfort or is it just cold comfort it's uh, probably cold comfort i guess yeah. but it is comfort it's pretty raw. you know but it yeah. is still it's still pretty raw i it, it is everything i can do just to shut up when I talk to her, because I don't want to saddle her with any of this. And I know she'll, it'll take her probably a year to listen to this episode. And by then I'll be fine. So (laughs) she's behind on podcasts. I know. So, uh, so I don't have to worry about that. But, uh, the, the anxiety comes now is the, and I told my son this, I told Nick said, Hey, I just need you to know from now on until you leave, I'm going to be sleeping in your bed with you at night (laughs) because I now recognize that yep. what that the time is it's going to be short, and I need to make the most of every minute with you by your side. And I know as a teenager that might be hard, but right, I just need you to know how much I love you, and I'm going to show you that all the time, whether you're with friends or not, <laughs> or if you're alone. Whether you're playing Fortnite, I want to be on the mic with you when you're talking to all those <laughs> all those eight year olds with potty mouths or adults pretending to be children. I will be there. Here's your bedtime knives and (laughs) sniggle, buddy.
It's time for one of our classic What's That Smell guided meditations. So find a comfortable place to sit. Maybe you're on your knees, maybe on your back, whatever works for you. As you listen to the sound of my voice, I want you to imagine yourself in London, England. Maybe you've been there before, walking through central London, listening to street corner barkers selling their fish and chips. Slapping the hands away of wayward orphans attempting to steal your wallets as they scurry about the alleys. What's that? Benjamin Barker's barbershop might not want to go in there. There you are, walking along the banks of the River Thames. It's late July, 1858, and it is hot. You can feel the sweat dripping down your forehead, wiping your brow with a hanky. The streets are crowded and the people around you wear a mask of misery. Your other senses are starting to kick in. What's that now? What's that smell? Oh, oh God, do you ever smell it? It's the worst thing you've ever smelled. It's the stench of failure and human excrement. It's a miasma of regret and medical waste. It's the toxic scented result of fear that's gone years ignored. And now you have cholera? You're standing in the middle of the Great Stink, a dark time in London when untreated waste and industrial disposal into the river finally backed up the aging sewer system. The stink itself was just one outcome, but it paired with disease and death plaguing the poor right alongside those who had for years prior elected not to fund the river cleanup when it could have made a difference. The Great Stink left a cultural mark for sure with characters like the Silent Highwayman, a skeletal boatman on the Thames rowing through dead bodies, and Dirty Father Thames, a lyric something along the lines of Filthy river, filthy river, foul from London to the Noor, what art thou but one vast gutter, one tremendous common shore? Artist William Heath dubbed the river Monster Soup in his painting of the same name, which depicted a drop of water under a microscope containing hundreds of nightmare creatures loosely based on aquatic species, though his boasted many more teeth. And the Illustrated London News put a fine point on it. We can colonize the remotest ends of the earth. We can conquer India. We can pay the interest of the most enormous debt ever contracted. We can spread our name and our fame and our fructifying wealth to every part of the world, but we cannot clean the River Thames. This, as the curtains in the British Parliament were soaked in lime chloride in a feeble attempt to stifle the stench. Which was great, since it was Parliament that got London into this mess in the first place. It was the Building Act of 1844 that required new buildings to be connected to a sewer rather than a temporary cesspool, and those sewers were then flushed regularly directly into the Thames untreated. In 1859, the city started construction on 1,100 miles of new street sewers feeding into 82 miles of existing interconnecting sewers, and in 1866, new pumping stations were in operation to begin moving sewage more efficiently through the system. In the 1880s, two purification stations went online and operated until 1998 when dumping stopped and they began using an incinerator to dispose of waste. The upgrades of the London sewers made for an epic civil engineering project that is still lauded as one of the most complex of the period. 
much of this same drainage system is still used by up to 8 million people every day. However, in 2014, representatives of Thames Water reported that the system is struggling to, quote, cope with the demands of 21st century London. Uh-oh. Hold your noses, Londoners. You never have to hold your nose as a what's that smell panic pal. When you join the team, you're supporting independent podcasting. We don't track you. We only collect the information we need to send you member stuff. No advertising, just more episodes of steaming hot content. And members will get to join us for our live stream recording sessions, early access to episodes in their own personal podcast feed, and a collection of our new Season 6 stickers. Visit whatsthatsmell.net and join today. Pete, today I have an anonymous listener submission, and I feel like I should really just get right into it, because he or she does not waste any time with pleasantries or anything in their email. Do you want to hear this anonymous listener submission? I desperately want to hear this. All right, and I'm going to back away from the mic a little bit because the first word has five exclamation points as in, <laughs> and is in all caps. In case it's hard to uh, hear, it is spelled L-I-C-E. LICE! <laughs> I never thought much about it B.C. per in before children. Now with two kids in daycare, it's my worst fear. I have nightmares of smelly shampoo and using a comb to hunt and murder the little white jumping pests. My coworker told me that every summer when she sends her kids off to camp, she schedules the lice nurse uh, to make a home visit on the day the kids come home because they will inevitably have lice. So gross! Just talking slash typing about lice makes my head itchy, so I'm off to now aggressively shampoo my hair multiple times. Wow! This is going to be a gross one, Pete. I present to you pediculophobia, the fear of head and body lice. First and foremost, thanks so much, Anonymous, for submitting such a horrific topic. And just real quick for the audience and for you to know, Pete, because it's not that type of podcast, I'm not going to go into what lice are or what they're doing on your head or how they work or physical ways to combat them. It's not that type of podcast. All of that information is easily found online in about 4,000 websites, some of which I will reference in a little bit. Uh, and all of them say, look, the kid gets lice. It might take a little patience, but the actual problem solving isn't that bad. It could be a lot worse. I think we can get through this together. Pete, your face is saying, stranger danger, back up. You look like the girl on the train. <laughs> After you've seen all the murders. Is that true? <laughs> oh, God, I'm not doing great. I'm not doing great. You, I have a oh, thing. Oh, God. You, oh, you have a thing. Oh, we found it. We found it, everybody. We it's found it. We thought it was burying alive, it but me, it's lies. Oh, my God. It makes me, like, here's a problem. First of all, the thing that I, it's, I'm having the pre-throw-up feeling where it feels like it's going to come up and might come out my nose if I'm not careful because my throat's kind of closing up. And here's my thing with lice is that, oh, God. I mean, what do you do with them? When you comb them out, where do they go? Like, they always go someplace. You always miss one. There's always the one that's going to go start nope. a rogue nest. That's, what's nope. in, that's, what, that's what my head says, which makes it true. And it goes, and then they infest your house, and then suddenly it's creep show no. with the cockroaches and the guy in the Stop. white house. That's what it what's feels like. You? That's what's in my head with lice. I can't stand it. I feel like when, 
we got calls. We got calls from school when the kids were younger. They're like, oh, we've had a lie report in school. And yep. I, yep. my first instinct is, one, bring the kid home from school immediately. Two, yep. wait till the cover of darkness and then go burn down the school. Um, <laughs> like, that that's the only thing that's left. Like, I really deeply struggle with lice. I don't understand yeah. it. And I'm so relieved that both of my kids are have kind of aged out of the lice issue. I don't understand. I don't know if your research, your deep research dug into this, but why the <laughs> hell does lice become such a thing for small children? Like, why is it? Where do the yeah. lice, do the lice, I, are they picking on tell, small I, kids? I can kind of tell you why, this. to a certain extent, lice is shared by head-to-head contact, and kids are all up in each other's grills in ways that teenagers and adults are not, and they're always trading hats, and they have pigtails, and they're like, let me have your ribbon, and I'll have your ribbon, and that's how it works. Are you, ta- that's are you one being of the serious reasons. right now? Hundred percent. It's just it's just head to head contact, and most adults and teenagers aren't like I don't know head to head contact rubbing heads to say hello. Yeah, anymore? that's what's called assault. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a little see, bit older, I that's not at all. See, I always see lice as like in my head. Lice are incredible jumpers, and they jump from head to head. That's yeah. how it works. You're thinking of like those little army men with those parachutes when you're a kid. <laughs> no. That's not, they're not like Where, jumping off lice, of trees. I, I have a beard. We're not I getting go into shave. all that stuff. I want to go like wax my whole body right now. I'm so, <laughs> I'm like itching. Oh my God. Real quick, two things. Number one, Anonymous, thank you so much. And obviously you are not alone. Research says that 25 people, uh, 20, uh, <laughs> 25, what did I say? 25 people? Tw- this no. is staying in. Research says that 75% of people fear head and body lice. And I think the other 25% (laughs) think they said rice. (laughs) And because it's a parasite, everyone should be afraid of them. They're gross. Um, And rest assured, there are hundreds of websites dedicated to the fear of lice. Like, you know, sometimes you have to go digging. You put in the word lice and Google's like, (laughs) there are so many. So this anxiety is super, super, super widespread. Now, Pete, as I have to admit something first, as a childless man, Oh, famously childless. I I have to admit, I kind of thought, I just kind of assumed we were done with lice. Like, I thought it was like polio or like how now we have like chicken pox vaccines. I didn't have a vaccine. I had chicken pox up and down the block. So you think but, that you've, you've had lice and therefore now you don't have to think about lice? No, I've never, I've never, I didn't have lice. I was one of the lucky kids to not, but there were kids in my school that were sent home. And I have their names right here. (laughs) I'm obviously joking, but what I really kind of want to get into, because it's the anxiety part, because one is like physical revulsion. And yes, it's a parasite on your face. I get it. That's just, that's not as much anxiety as gross. That's not what's supposed to happen. And I thought we had gotten rid of that. And it's funny that you brought up the idea of that you're already itching. Have you heard of phantom lice? Yeah. Psychosomatic lice syndrome? It's real. Can thinking about lice make you itchy? Yes, it's called phantom lice. Um, and there's even on Reddit, there's a quiz that I'm not going to give you, but it's called, do I have lice or am I just paranoid? <laughs> <laughs> it's an emotional response to being in close proximity to someone who has, or most importantly, is speaking about lice, something that nobody wants to have. Do you know why it's happening? It's very clear. Because they're jumpers. It's, Everybody knows no, they're jumpers. No, it's because you... You're thinking about something you never think about, your scalp. So you have a heightened awareness of your scalp, and then it starts itching. My scalp is legit itching Mm -hmm. right now because Mm -hmm. I've used the word lice and not rice 19,000 times. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I've... 
I thought we were, I just kind of assumed that we were done. It is not true. The CDC indicates that in the U.S., and this is important. I don't bring this up to freak people out. I bring this up because I think that we should lean into the social stigma in a second. The CDC indicates that the U.S. is that up to 12 million children in just the United States between these ages. Oh, copy paste. You got me again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what those ages are, but we'll assume that they were super informative because I'm not going to go back and find that, that webpage. We'll become infected with head lice this year alone. It doesn't matter what those ages are. 12 million children. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, I found something in the Lice Clinics of America. And it says, one of the biggest social stigmas, of course, is that uh, only dirty people catch lice. That's not of true. Of course, that's not true. Let us reassure you, says Lice Clinics of America, lice are equal opportunity bugs. Ultimately, no matter how clean you keep your homes or bodies or minds, the chances of contracting from an infected school or community are high when children interact direct with, directly with each other. There's just no way around it. So did you say neither of your children ever had the lice? And no, don't send me a picture of lice. I see you doing things on your computer and I don't like it. <laughs> Step away from the keyboard. Ask, I had to ask Google a question because I didn't know if you were going to get there. And it was okay. important to me that I know this because this is... Try to help try to help people with anxiety. Orbital. <laughs> it, it's in the orbit of, of okay. lice. And my question to Google was, yourself, are lice bed bugs? Because that's the other thing that I <laughs> worry about. Like, if I put my head down on my pillow, do suddenly have I just infected right. my thing? Yeah. And the first answer is bed bugs are not lice, but they also feed on human blood. And then I stopped reading because just yeah. for a second, I blacked yeah. out again. Oh, yeah. They are parasites. No, I, was, God. I, didn't th I wasn't going to use those words, but yep, you're right. They're feeding on your blood and then you get into the word nit and everything goes black. <laughs> did your kids ever have lice or did you ever have a scare? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. We've had multiple scares, multiple opportunities for the kids to have horrible things happen to their head. I don't think uh, this is, is this like state dependent memory? Like, I don't remember if they ever actually had lice because it would have been a horrifying experience that I would have blacked out. P parenting is funny. Just like, because when of that the grossness happens, of it or because of the stigma or both? Oh, the gross. Would you ever worry about the stigma? Would you like, the social yes, stigma I, of, unfortunately, uh, it is a huge continuing myth that if your kid gets lice or if you have lice, it's because you are a dirty dirt. Dirty dirt. No, it's not a I don't know if you remember. A few minutes ago, I told you about my daughter's uh, bedroom. Never had lice. Never had Got lice. It. In there. And, she, sure. and it was a filthy uh, place because of nature yeah. had moved into right. my house. So that's not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the stigma. I don't like the bugs. I don't like okay. them. The, so sure. here's the weirdest thing, right? Like I know objectively about the bazillion tiny microscopic creatures that live in my skin in everywhere. Like we're mm. covered in biologically. Oh yes, you are. You're I mostly. Am a walking, no. I am a walking ivory soap. Nope. You are mostly biological material that's not named Tom. And they call me, they call me Mr. Iris. We Spring. contain they, multitudes. Did you, did you ever read that book? What, we contain multitudes? Yeah. No. So Gross. I don't like it. We contain multitudes, uh, is not the story that I, I thought it was. So hang on. It's Great. not, that's not the book I was looking for. Anyway, um, I, I'm going to cut that. Were you there thinking this, of the book, th there's bugs all over my face? Because <laughs> that kind of sounds book. like We Contain Multitudes. There was this book that's not, don't look up We Contain Multitudes, because that's not the book. Uh, I can't remember what the 
the name of the book was, but it was the book about, I'll find it and put it in the show notes. It was a book about the all of the, the universe of small, small microscopic creatures that call us home. And mm. they, it doesn't matter. You can clean yourself. You gotta, we're just, we're made of other things, other little bacteria, other things that are inside you that are helping to do all kinds of things to your system. It's They're a, helpful. Very, very spiders helpful. Spiders are scary, are but helpful. spiders eat gross they, they flies. Eat gross flies. So, the, uh, so I understand all of that. But there's something about the fact that I can see lice, that they're big enough for me to see. Mm. Same thing with like ticks. And I guess, I don't know, what are some other things that you can see? That can are you see small? bed bugs? I've never had bed bugs. I think bugs. it's the same thing. Like you can see okay. them, like, especially on like dark sheets. They, they're little powdery things that you can Got see. It. And that freaks me out, especially because my sister-in-law had her apartment or condo complex got infected with bed bugs. They spread a lot. They spread fast and a lot. And so it's pretty much like if they get into one apartment, burn the apartment because there are going to be bed bugs in every single place. They love it. They love it. So that I, I find horrifying. I can That's see the bugs. Not necessarily lice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you desperately want to talk about bed bugs. <laughs> no, but this is what I'm saying. Like because I can see them, yeah. uh, it it freaks me out that much more. Sure. Because I can see them. I know they're there. And if I get that little comb, then I know that I'm going to... Uh, I can't even talk about it anymore. I just threw up a little bit. Oh, God. Well, I don't have a lot to make you feel better about the fact that bugs on your face are gross. But I do desperately want to get back to the social stigma part. Because that's the part that it has to do with anxiety for. One of the things I found a site called Very Well Health. And Very Well Health says that the social stigma uh, is potentially dangerous for parents because that kind of panic or grossness can make you fall uh, fail to follow the treatment of the uh, manufacturer's instructions, and therefore it leads to over-treatment, which can actually lead to serious mental... Like, you want to hit it with the nuclear option, hit it with the bop gun, yeah. and now you've made, like, super lice or something. Um, and also, oh, parents God, might accidentally... Oh, God, did you just say super lice? Oh, No, God. you misheard me. No, that was Zoom. You missed it. You misheard <laughs> me. Um, and sometimes if parents are feeling stressed about lice, they can accidentally make their kids more stressed about having lice because it's pretty natural, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the be careful just, thing, the be careful stuff we've talked about. You're infecting your kids with your anxiety, stigma, and fear. That's right. And it can also fuel a code of silence. And that's the one thing that can happen because your kid got lice from someone else. Your kid didn't just, like, find lice. And so, as embarrassing as it might seem, you have to alert your school or your daycare. Um, I found a couple things about lowering anxiety in your lice kid. Do you want to hear any of those? And they're called lice children. <laughs> Are you just done with this whole segment? Is that like, like this children of the corn? Like, the lice children? What if yeah. you just created? Yeah, lice children. Um, it's something, it's something that I think you should also tell yourself, Pete, when you are about to pass out, as I see you drinking, <laughs> as I see you drinking Ambien, so you can I go to bed like, and forget about this. I yeah. feel like I've broken out in a cold sweat. <laughs> they say, tell your child that head lice are completely common because they are, and that many children in their families have they, this problem because they do. Remember 12 million. Reassure her or him that they did nothing wrong to get it, and just uh, explain that the lice will go away, and you're going to make sure to keep checking on it to make sure that treating the problem is gone, and the, the treating doesn't really hurt, and it's just something that it's like a lottery that no one wants to win. <laughs> the lice lottery. <laughs> Why did I buy a ticket? 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing that I just sort of wanted to say is to really try to spread to our two listeners, including Anonymous, that there is, the stigma is wrong. There's nothing, you've done nothing wrong. It is gross, but it could be worse. And hooray, <laughs> is that, is any of this helpful? I'm going to let you stew on that for a second while I just do a little real-time correction. I had to go over to Goodreads and realize that I was very, very close. It's not we contain oh. multitudes. The book is I contain multitudes, the microbes within us and a grander view of life by fantastic science reporter, Ed Young. Uh, so I strongly recommend that book. It is an eye-opening book. Uh, that is, uh, I mean, it just changes your view of your body and what you need to survive. So that's number one. And number two, uh, I don't know what to say to our uh, listener. I can tell you that just talking about it has not made it better immediately. (laughs) And I feel like as soon as we're done, I'm going to completely close the door and pretend we never had this conversation. So thanks for writing. Thank you, Anonymous. We appreciate it. And to all the lice out there, Sniggle. (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is I Think I Like It by Basic featuring Black Griffin. Coming up next week... What if we found out what the smell was? You would never know. Yeah, because as soon as we find out what the smell is, there's going to be like this huge explosion, and then all episodes disappear, and Pete and I are never seen or heard from again, much like maybe you. You put, don't you drive a convertible? Probably a convertible Miata. Probably. Bright yellow, yeah. banana yellow. My car runs, it, it's made of seagulls. Yeah, this is, this is everything that California is known for. Yeah. Clive Owen just jammed graham crackers down your throat while you were yeah. loosely anesthetized. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing yeah. yet. <laughs> Until then, I'm Tommy Mess the Third. And I'm Pete Wright. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? <laughs> <laughs>